Good morning, Christ Church. It's so good to be with you this morning. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Lauren, and I am the children's director here. I um, mean, this morning is so exciting because we are joined by a guest preacher. Um, one of my dear friends, Greg Johnson, he is a friend of our church, um, and he is on staff with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship as the associate regional director in New England. He is going to be sharing from God's word with us this morning. So Greg, you can come on up and I am going to pray for you, and then you can jump on in. Lord, we thank you for Greg. Um, God, I thank you for his life. Um, And God, I just thank you that he's here with us this morning. God, I pray that you would um, anoint him uh, to bring your word to us this morning. Um, Lord, that you would go before him, that you'd come behind him. And Holy Spirit, that you would have your way among us this morning. Pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Lauren. I hope you guys know how lucky you are to have Lauren McDonough here. Isn't she amazing? Um, yeah, not only is Lauren, sorry, I'm going to talk about you for a second. Not only is Lauren uh, an amazing uh, uh, missionary, I mean, she's an incredible missionary to uh, uh, fraternity and sorority students in New England. Uh, but she's, uh, she's a friend of mine, she's a fellow seeker of revival. And she's really kind of an honorary member of our family. So uh, Lauren uh, watches our kids all the time and comes up. And um, one of the things about the pandemic that we missed most was seeing her. So we're so glad. Um, this is my family here. Uh, Sarah, my wife, is a former executive pastor at Sanctuary, now uh, runs a ministry consulting, coaching, and training business. And these are my kids, Noah and Silas, who are both aspiring drummers. So they were checking you guys out and your cool setup there. So, hey, it's such an honor to be with you guys today. Um, I'm really so thankful that uh, I got invited here. I've been in, the, in this uh, auditorium many times over the years, but um, it's great to meet uh, you guys. So, um, and yeah, it's, thanks for having me. So I wanted to start by asking folks, uh, how many of you guys have ever had a hard day? Raise your hand. Have you ever had a hard day? How did you get through the day? How did you make it through your hard day? Uh, was, it, uh, was it Netflix? Uh, was it uh, chocolate? Was it potato chips? Maybe it was uh, chocolate potato chips. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing. Uh, was it a massage? Was it uh, playing uh, video games? Was it some other means of escape? What got you through? How about this question? How many of you have had a hard year? How many of us in the room have had a hard year or maybe a hard 18 months? How many of you had a hard year this year? It's been a a kind of a a crazy hard year, hasn't it? For so many of us, we've had a pandemic. Some of us have had to juggle jobs and kids. Some of us lost our jobs. Some of us couldn't see our friends. Some of us couldn't do anything except sit in our house for like a long time. Um, We canceled plans. We learned how to use Zoom this year. Even, you know, all generations, even the boomers learned Zoom. And it got us through the COVID wilderness, didn't it? It was kind of like our manna that we ate every day for the last 18 months. And it got us through, but we're sick of it, aren't we? So I wanted to share honestly with you guys, I've had a hard year this year. In fact, I've had a hard, probably several years. Um, 
I don't, it's not my goal to complain, but just to identify. It's been a hard year for me. Um, it wasn't just hard because my 40th birthday was on a computer screen, or uh, Sarah and I had to cancel our, our, the dream vacation we had to the Caribbean. I've never been there, and so instead we, I don't know, we didn't do anything. <laughs> we went to Newport, yeah, which is that, to say Newport's great, but it's not the Caribbean, and um, uh, yeah, there's, a cra- there's craziness this year. But on top of all that, uh, my mom died 18 months ago, or 16, 15 months ago. And, um, and then uh, this last March, Sarah's mom died, um, both of them after a long bout with neurological uh, diseases. And, um, and there's other things that have happened too, but it's been a hard year. And, but here's the thing. Several years ago, God tapped me on the shoulder and gave me a calling and said, Greg, I want you to help prepare God's people for revival because I'm going to do something really powerful in this season and I want you to be ready. And so God gave me this calling and I was super excited about it. I was like, yeah, revival's coming. And so we would have these prayer meetings every Tuesday night and Lauren would come up in our, in our living room and we would pray. Sometimes we prayed for hours, and we were just ready for this thing. And then over the last five, six years, revival has taken longer to come than I ever thought it would, and uh, things have been harder than I thought they would. So um, not one of my favorite people, but one of my favorite quotes comes from Mike Tyson, the boxer, who said, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And isn't that true? And I love that quote because it's true. Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And, um, and I feel like the last several years, life has punched me in the mouth. Maybe some of you feel punched in the mouth by the last season of your life. And I've been wrestling with this question. How do I hold on to the calling God's given me when hard things happen? Like, how do I keep my flame for Jesus alive when the waves of suffering keep like coming in over the sides of the boat. And it's not just me that has to wrestle with this question. I actually think the entire church needs to wrestle with this question. Christ Church, you guys need to wrestle with this question because God has given you a calling. He's given the church a calling to be agents of renewal and revival in a culture that's in decline hard things keep happening to us. So how do we keep the flame of our calling and our purpose alive? Um, So if you have your Bible, I want to talk about this question this morning, and never a bad idea. You can open with me to Acts 4. Um, And uh, last week was Pentecost, so this is appropriate. Um, uh, And so I'm going to read from Acts 4, verses 23 through 35. But before I do, here's a little background. Um, Jesus had been through some hard times, um, and his disciples had been through some hard times. So he, uh, Jesus was tortured to death, as we all know, on a Roman cross. Um, it was an angry mob that put him there. It was politicians that refused to stand up to them. And then he was raised from the dead, and it freaked his disciples out. And they didn't know what to do with it, but Jesus hung around with them for 40 days, and he helped them figure out what God's plan of redemption was for the world and what their part in 
in that plan was. And once they started to figure it out, then Jesus says, all right, it's time for me to go. And so he ascended, uh, you know, in our calendar about a week and 10 days ago on the day of ascension. And then the disciples hung around and they waited and they prayed in the upper room. And then on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell. And Peter preaches to the assembled crowds, 3,000 joined the church. It's awesome. But then where we find ourselves today, the disciples have gotten in hot water again. They healed a man at the temple. The crowds gathered again and Peter preached again. But this time, the religious leaders were there to arrest Peter and John. And these are the same folks that arrested and killed Jesus. These are the same folks that Peter uh, ran away from and denied Jesus to. The disciples were terrified. They hid from these leaders in the upper room for 10 days. Um, And they throw them in jail and they uh, command them not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus and they threaten them. And then... This is where we find ourselves. So I don't know about you, but that would be a hard day. That would feel like a punch in the mouth to me. So what do the disciples do? What do they do? I want to read the scripture. So starting in verse 23, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices in prayer to God, sovereign Lord, They said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why did the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and your will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work among them that, get this, there were no needy persons among them. We'll we'll stop there. This is the word of the Lord. So there are four basic options. I want to share about four basic options for God's people, us, when we have a calling that smashes into hard things happening in our lives, all right? There's four basic options for how we can respond. Option number one, we can give up, all right? We can give up. And this is the option basically where we say, you know, this whole thing, this is a dream of God's kingdom Jesus says, go and make disciples, and I'm going to renew all things and make everything new. It sounds great in, in theory, and it's something we could get excited about. But in honesty, when it smashes into life, it's just too hard. And so this is the, this is the option where we just say, you know what? We're just going to scale back and give up on that. We're going to let go of our dreams for revival, renewal, breakthrough, God's kingdom, things actually changing to looking more like 
the kingdom of heaven, and we're just going to give up, right? And sometimes we do that with a fair amount of disillusionment and bitterness. So, and did, I don't want to tell you how many times in the last several years I have wondered about giving up. It's some, sometimes I tell, and this is no offense to the, any plumbers in the room, but sometimes I say to Sarah, things would be easier if I was just a plumber, you know? I could just do that. That could be my purpose because it's, you know, pipes, and you can fix things and they're done, right? And maybe that's the sphere of world I could have control over. But some of us have been tempted to give up on God's dreams for the world as things have gotten hard. The disciples could have been tempted to give up, but they didn't. So option two, we can check out. And so this isn't the option where we give up on God and his dreams or whatever, but maybe this is the option where um, we, we, maybe we show up at church, maybe we don't, but our hearts are checked out. Our hearts are, 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 have let go, right? Or maybe we begin fixing our hearts on different things than God or his kingdom. Um, maybe I'm going to focus on my travel plans this summer, or I'm going to focus on my retirement plans. Or one way we check out sometimes is to just numb ourselves. Um, sometimes we literally numb ourselves. We could do it with alcohol. We could do it by watching shows on Netflix. We can just binge those shows every night and fall asleep on the couch. Uh, we can play video games. We can sleep. Um, we can eat. What are you tempted to numb out on as things have gotten hard? What have you been tempted to use? What's your drug of choice? Um, I'll just share for me, uh, some of my numbing mechanisms are researching things on the internet. So when things get hard, I just go into a tunnel of research on my phone, and Wikipedia is my friend. And so, you know, Sarah will ask me, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm researching fourth generation nuclear reactor design, you know. The other, <laughs> like you do. The other, um, or, or, or the origins of Soviet communism or something like that. The other thing I, I, I often do is uh, Amazon Prime. So that's an easy one for me, right? I'm feeling really exhausted with life. And so I'm like, I need more stereo equipment. So I go on, and I'm researching subwoofers and everything, and um, you guys have a good setup here, by the way, but, um, and, Sarah, and Sarah is like, why do you need another one of those? Why do you need another, don't you, honey? Yeah, but it's because I'm numbing out. This is how I do it, right? Um, how are you numbing out? How have you checked out as things have gotten hard? What's your drug of choice? So the disciples could have checked out, but they didn't. Option three, we can burn out. And so this is the option where we're like, yeah, it's really hard, but you know what? I'm just gonna keep going, but I'm gonna keep going in my own strength. I'm gonna keep going in my own strength. Some afternoons in, during the pandemic, my body and brain checked out around 2.30 p.m. I don't know about you, right? It just couldn't make it any farther. And then what do I do? I'm I'm totally tanked, but I'm like, you know what? I need to keep going. I got more emails. I got more projects to do, right? And so we push and we push. We can press into workaholism. We can ignore the grief and the sadness that are just under the surface, and it works for a while until it doesn't anymore. 
And I think in the last five years, I've probably burned out twice. Some of you guys here this morning have burned out. You've hit a wall. You've crashed. And that's okay. We do that. But the invitation is we need to come back to Jesus to be restored. Um, The disciples could have gutted it out or burned out, but they didn't. So what did they do? How did they respond when their calling for renewal comes crashing against the hard things in their life? Option four, we can ask God for more of himself. We can ask God for a fresh filling of his power and his presence. See, the disciples had seen how Jesus did his ministry. Jesus began his ministry at his baptism. And what happened at his baptism? The Holy Spirit fell on Jesus and rested upon him. They saw all the wonders that Jesus did, his powerful preaching, his healing, his miracles, his casting out demons. And they knew that all of it happened by the power of the Spirit. When Jesus came out of his wilderness experience after 40 days, Luke says he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And they themselves had experienced the power of the Spirit one week back at Pentecost, right? When the Holy Spirit fell in the upper room in Jerusalem and they stood up and Peter, who had been terrified and ran away and turned tail, stood up and preached boldly to the crowds and everyone was cut to the heart. And so they knew that what they needed was not to check out or burn out or give up or numb out. They needed And so they asked, Lord, would you enable us to speak your word with great boldness? God, would you stretch out your hand to perform signs and wonders through Jesus? What they're really asking for is a fresh filling of God's spirit. And so here's my point, in case you guys lose it. What we need as the church right now, what all of you need, what I need, is a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, the same thing the disciples needed. We may think we need all kinds of things when life gets hard, but what we really need is God. We need more of God. And the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. I know you guys just finished like a six-week epic thing on the Holy Spirit, so I don't need to go into the doctrine of it, but the Holy Spirit is the God who comes to live in us and to fill us with himself, who unites us with God, and our spirit joins with God's spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that enables us to overcome things like COVID and all the grief and trauma and discombobulation that we've all experienced. It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, by the way, before he died, he said, "Um, it's good for you that I'm going away because if I don't go, Holy Spirit won't come. And Jesus also said, uh, before he ascended, he said, I'm going to leave, but don't try to do this on your own. Stay in Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from on high. We were made to be filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit. You guys probably, I'm sure Pastor Van talked about this, but you know the words in Greek and Hebrew for spirit are the same words that, are, that they mean breath. It can be used. Pneuma and uh, ruach both mean breath. So just a little, here's a little fun exercise. Humor me for a second. I want to invite you guys to breathe. Breathe in and then breathe out. Let's do that again. Breathe in. 
Now hold it for a second. Just go ahead right there. Hold your breath while I talk at you. What's the longest you can do it? How long can you hold it? Three minutes? Anyone up for that? Anyone up for trying that? Keep holding it, right? Imagine trying to do anything while you're holding your breath. Imagine trying to run a race. You can let it out, by the way. See, it's relieving. We can't. We were made, friends, to be filled with breath. And in the spiritual realm, our souls were, be, were made to be filled with God. And it's no good just to breathe God in one time, right? What if you just breathed once and then tried to live your life? Is that going to work? No. So when, when, when God's spirit comes and moves in power, there, he brings kingdom breakthrough. By the way, Three types of breakthrough that happen in this passage. The Spirit brings a breakthrough in word. The disciples pray and they preach the word of God boldly after they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and that's actually what we need, isn't it? Our, the culture that the church lives in has actually in some ways become inoculated to the gospel. How many of you guys, without your masks, right? If you're not wearing a mask here, it means something. It means you've been inoculated to the coronavirus. You've been fed, at least I, I got the Johnson & Johnson, uh, the, the, the boutique vaccine. And so uh, that vaccine is a weakened form of the coronavirus. And you know, our culture has been inoculated to the gospel. It's received a weakened form of the gospel. So that it recognizes Jesus in the church and says, ew, I don't want that at all. Now, the problem is, oftentimes we haven't given them the real deal. But they see the shell of it. And just like the body's immune system identifies it and bites it off, um, that's what our culture these days does with Christianity. It's learned. It's been trained. Because it's been inoculated. How are we going to cut through that? How are we going to talk about Jesus the way Peter does that actually gets to people's hearts? Are we going to just do it by our wisdom? We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the spiritual authority and even the desire to tell people about Jesus. Second kind of breakthrough that happens, the Spirit brings a breakthrough of power. So as they pray, they're Filled with the Spirit, and the place they, they met was shaken. They're asking to see signs and wonders performed through the name of Jesus. And so one of the ways that I think our culture and our surrounding society that we're called to preach the gospel in is actually going to sit up and pay any attention to us is if they experience power. Because right? it's very easy to dismiss the gospel. It's very hard to dismiss when you're bum knee gets healed, or your cancer is healed, or uh, your memories and your emotions are healed by Jesus. Amen? And that kind of thing happens, but only by the Spirit. Finally, there's a breakthrough indeed. It's not, when we're filled with the Spirit, it's not just that we preach about Jesus boldly or with love, it's that we actually begin to live in the way that Jesus told us to live. And so I don't know if you noticed, but after they pray, there's this incredible thing that happens in the community, isn't there? Uh, it says all the believers were together and no one thought that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything. 
And it says the grace of God was so powerfully at work among them that there were no needy among them. We live in a moment where there's an incredible amount of awareness and passion around justice and injustice in the world. And I think that's really, in many ways, a good thing. But this is the kind of community that the most passionate activists would long to see. And you know what? Could never bring about on their own. Those, those longings that we have to see things restored and to see relationships restored and to see justice, those are good longings, but we can't get there from here. We actually need God to help us. And it's only God that can break down the dividing walls of hostility. It's only God that can create a family out of people that have no business being together such that they share their resources and they sell their property. And so we need to be filled with the Spirit. And here's, here's the thing I do want to say, though, is that not only do we need to be filled with the Spirit, we need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. Um, there's all sorts of doctrines, and I don't know if you guys got into this about the Spirit. You know, some people believe that we're filled with the Spirit when we believe. Some people, like our Pentecostal brothers and sisters, believe it's important to have what they call the second blessing, or, you know, some people think about these miraculous gifts. Uh, there's all kinds of ideas about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you what I think, and I think I'm right. So, um, <laughs> I think that we're filled with the Spirit when we believe. And I think that there is a second blessing, And it comes in between the first blessing and the third blessing, and before the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and the seventh. And that actually, just like breathing, we're made to be filled again and again with the Holy Spirit. When Paul writes to the Ephesians in uh, chapter 5, he says, be filled with the Spirit. But the, the verb he uses is a present continual tense in the Greek. And so in many ways, it just means Keep on being filled with the Spirit again and again. And so if you even think about the disciples, they had just been filled with the Spirit at Pentecost, which we preached about last week. And here they are in Acts 4, and they're asking again. And you know what, God, it's like, like God isn't like, and my son Silas likes to ask for treats. So is it okay if I say that, Silas? He loves treats. And uh, he has no qualms about asking for a treat like a root beer and then another sweet treat uh, shortly thereafter. And you know what I usually say to him? Like, no, you just had one. You just had a treat. Well, why doesn't God say that to the disciples? Like, he's like, no, you just had the Holy Spirit. Don't ask again. You don't need a fresh filling. God's, God doesn't say that. What does he do? He gives them the Spirit again. Why? Because he knows they need it again. How many of you have ever filled your gas tank on your car or your diesel tank? Okay. Now, here's a question. Yeah. Some of you guys, how are you getting around? I didn't see those hands. How many of you have ever had to fill your gas tank again? And so it is with the Holy Spirit. I was, uh, the other week, I went out uh, to see my dad. I hadn't seen him since... Um, since mom died and since um, the pandemic. And uh, my dad loves to sail. So we went, I went out to Washington and um, we were there and uh, we went sailing. 
and we took the boat out into the middle of the lake, and, uh, and then the wind died. So, because lake sailing is not like Narragansett Bay. You know, the, the wind is very finicky. So, um, so we were there stuck in the middle of the lake. We were about to get out the paddles, and, uh, and then we saw the wind coming, ripples on the water. And so what did we do? Did we, did we take the sail down? Because <laughs> we wouldn't want it to get filled again, right? You know, it could only get filled once. No, we, kept, we positioned the boat, and when the wind hit the sail, it got filled again. And so we're like that boat. We need to be filled again. We need to be filled again. Some of us... Uh, some of us need a fresh filling because we're leaky vessels. D.L. Moody says, one of the greatest mistakes we make is trying to do the work of God with the grace that he gave us 10 years ago. And can you imagine trying to put 10-year-old gasoline in your car? Last, last summer, I put one, one-year-old gasoline in our boat at the Cape, and uh, it had to, it's spent a month in the shop. We're leaky vessels. We need fresh fuel. Some of us need gifts from the Spirit, apostleship. Some of us, we, we need prophecy activated. Some of us are called to be evangelists, and we need that. There's more that God has available. The question is, do we want it? So I want to just, as we, as we close, I want to invite, actually, I don't know, worship team, do we do this? Could you guys come up and... Uh, Back me up a little bit here. And um, I just want to say we need to be refilled with God's spirit. And the way that that happens is the same way it happened in the early church. We have to ask. God, God knows we need the spirit. He knew that the early church needed it. But they had to ask. They had to ask. Silas has to, I don't usually give Silas ice cream uh, just because I want to. He asks for it, and then I give it to him. Right, Silas? And so it's the same with us. We're not asking, we're not asking, like, so many of us have been tempted to give up or burn out, but have we gathered together to ask God for more of himself? Have we gathered to ask God for more? We're not saying, like, Lord, give me, like, a third Tesla. We're asking for stuff that we actually need, like, God, give me boldness to share the gospel with my friends or compassion for my family members or wisdom to disciple my kids or more self-control or more of you. So as I wrap, I just, this last weekend when I was at the lake with my dad, I, there were actually, the wind had been blowing uh, for a couple days, but there were two problems. Uh, the first was that the boat didn't have its sails up. They were in the basement of the, of the cabin. The second problem was the boat wasn't in the water because it had been the off season. It had been sitting on the trailer. Um, and I think that for many of us, this season of the COVID wilderness, in many ways, for good reason, we, like that sailboat, spiritually have been sitting on the trailer. It's sitting on the trailer because it wasn't, it wasn't time to get in the water. Like, we didn't know what God was doing. 
We didn't know what he was doing in this pandemic. But I'll promise you something, he's doing something. God is always at work. He's always at work. And we may feel exhausted. We may not feel, we may feel like we're a little rusty. We may feel like we've got leaves and stuff in our, in our boat. Um, we, we may feel burnt out. We may have given up. But friends, you all, as members of the church, are like that boat. And you were made to go in the water. God gave you a sail. Your soul is a sail. Our soul is a sail. And he made us to go somewhere with him. He made us to be on a mission with him. To be filled with the wind of the Spirit. And so my invitation for us this morning is on Memorial Day, the beginning of summer, is to put your boat in the water. We're all, we're all in the ocean state, right? And, you know, like, now's the time, right? I mean, it's not a great day today, but it's a bummer of a Memorial Day. But this is the start of summer. This is where we wear white pants or something. I don't know the rule. We're supposed to change our suit jacket. I'm probably underdressed for Memorial Day. But this is the day when we start putting the boats in the water. How ridiculous would it be if you have a boat to keep it on the trailer this summer? Or it can't go anywhere. Think of all the adventures we'd miss on. So what I want to say is the wind of God is actually blowing right now. And what we need to do is get in the water. And the way we do that is by gathering with God's people. And the way that we raise the sails of our souls is by praying together and worshiping together and seeking God together. I don't know if you guys know this. There's two prayer meetings that happen at this church and a worship service on Sunday. Sunday night, there's a prayer service for revival. Tuesday night, Robert is leading a prayer service to build our intimacy with Jesus. So I want to invite you guys, meet with God's people this summer. Engage and get in the water and then raise the sails of your souls to catch the wind of God. So I just want to invite us, why don't we stand as we go into worship? I just want to pray. So if you, if you feel like you've given up or you've checked out or you've numbed out, I just invite you to put out your hands right now. I just want to pray with you. Lord, we've, I don't know how we've made it through, God, but here we are. And many of us got some battle scars from this last season, Lord. We've gotten tired. We've grown weary. Some of us have checked out. Some of us have escaped. God, we give you ourselves right as they are, and we pray that you would take us, Lord. We pray that you would receive the offering of ourselves to you, God. We ask you to refresh us, Lord. We ask you to take our weariness. We ask you to take our bitterness, our tiredness, our checked outness, and our burnoutness, Lord, and we give you ourselves right now. We pray that you would fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. God, I just want to pray for this church Lord, thank you that you've called them to go somewhere with you. You've called them to be on an adventure with you, Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I just pray for a fresh filling of your spirit for this body, Lord. Lord, we need more of you, God. We can't do it alone. We don't know where you're sending us. We don't, but Lord, we just pray wherever the wind is blowing, God, help us to see it and put up 
the sails of our souls to catch that wind, Lord. Thank you, God, that we don't have to propel our own boat, but you'll do it for us, God. We just open ourselves up to you as a people. And we pray this not just for Christ Church, but for all the churches, Lord. As we start meeting again, God, would you fill us with your spirit? Yes. And so almighty and everlasting God, who alone works great marvels, send down upon the leaders of this church and this entire congregation the life-giving spirit of your grace. Shower this church and all churches with the continual dew of your blessing and ignite in us a zealous love of your gospel through Jesus Christ our Lord.